This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Last week, we had a conversation about all things menopause, from what to expect during the transition to symptom questions like, do hot flashes last forever? We talked to a doctor about treatment options and even got into how to advocate for yourself as someone experiencing this biological change. Now, many of you called in to ask the doctor questions and you shared your own stories. It also got us thinking, okay, we have to keep this conversation going. So today we're going to focus on stigma, changes to the body, the lack of knowledge around menopause, and how all these things can impact people. So on the line with us once again is Dr. Tracy Kurtzer, gynecologist and menopause specialist at the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause. Hey, doctor, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. All right, Dr. Kurtzer, last week we talked at length about symptoms. Today I want to start off by just making sure that we're all on the same page about the timeline here and just those different stages of menopause, right? Because we know there's perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. So talk more about what folks can expect during these stages. Yeah, so uh, perimenopause is the time period preceding that last menstrual period. And it basically is a time when um, there can start to be some of the um, symptoms that we spoke about last week for those who might not have been listening vasomotor symptoms are those hot flashes and night sweats sleep disruption particularly difficulty with uh, waking earlier or kind of disrupted sleep sleep that doesn't feel refreshing you know you wake up uh, fatigued in the morning even if you don't remember necessarily waking mm-hmm. um, it can be headaches mood changes some cognitive changes some physical you know changes that we're starting to feel uh, during that time but uh, really kind of the first awareness I think a lot of people have is only when they maybe start having some menstrual irregularities so changes to the cycle length or maybe the flow characteristics change a little bit mm-hmm. or onset of some premenstrual symptoms that start picking up um, it only in retrospect sometimes people go oh maybe the, you know that's these menstrual changes are a sign of some hormonal changes maybe that explains also why I was having some of these other physical or emotional symptoms you know kind of starting Mm -hmm. earlier on so that proceeds and then um, those symptoms do continue into what we consider kind of early menopause that would be you know the year to two uh, after cessation of the period Uh, postmenopause really is or being menopausal or postmenopausal really means you have um, hit that year past a period so we know that um, you are indeed are, were menopausal that the, the periods have ended officially okay um, and then later on there can be some other more long-term symptoms that start to develop those might be more of some of the sexual health uh, changes uh, pain with intercourse and um, what we call genitourinary sim- syndrome of menopause so urinary and, and sexual health mm-hmm. issues can start to creep up more at that point yeah uh, but those symptoms can really like all the things I mentioned the physical and cognitive and emotional can really transpire at any point you know along the continuum there everybody's experience I think is slightly different yeah for sure changes in one's health you know, overall, doctor, and, and changes in your body, it's it's overwhelming, right? And it, it can also, for some people, be scary. I'm yeah. curious, I'm curious how, as a health professional, you prepare patients for the changes and, and, and how you then help them along the way. Yeah, I, I, it is a, a very challenging time for uh, our patients. We, we don't talk enough 
um, as a society about how significant um, these physical and, um, you know, emotional changes too, be, meaning, and I don't mean like somebody's emotional or hysterical, but it's like kind of a recognition of a, a different phase of our life, right? Our, our potentially our reproductive life ends. So there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, different, some people are elated. Some people have a little sadness around that. It can really uh, inf affect us in so many ways. And I think it's really important for us um, to talk more about it as a uh, society, as I think we are doing now, hence, mm -hmm. hence this conversation today. But in the doctor's office, I think we all, uh, as doctors who take care of patients going through this transition, it'd be so great, ideal, if we could start talking about it earlier and letting uh, folks know what are some of these symptoms that they might start to experience in their, uh, you know, 40s or even up to you know, 10 years before maybe a period, you might have your last period, you might start having, you know, a variety of these symptoms and yeah. to talk to me about it. Let me know that this is going on because one, there may be things that, you know, we can use to treat them, but also just that support that the, these are normal, that no, you're not, you know, nothing horrible is happening um, to you. You're not going crazy. All of yeah, those things yeah. that I think I've heard before, the fears that start to come in when our bodies are going through this transformation and change. Yeah, there, there's a knowledge gap uh, around this, right? I mean, I, I don't, I, I admittedly in, in having these conversations over the last couple of weeks with my team, uh, you know, I said, I'm a woman of a certain age and there's a lot I still don't know. Uh, you know, what impact can the, the lack of knowledge or awareness around menopause have on folks who are going through it? Yeah, there's there's very much a knowledge gap. But, you know, it's really sad. It's not only in those um, going through it, but our, our medical knowledge gap is quite high, too. And wow. I know there's a kind of somewhat famous in the hormone circles study now that only 31 percent of our OBGYN residencies actually teach menopause or have a you know standardized course on that so it's not surprising that the people that you know should be able to give that counseling and who are patients you know people might be turning to for advice may also um, not feel comfortable talking about it because they don't even know unless they've gone through it themselves perhaps but so definitely uh, we need to do a lot more in in that educational um, piece of, yeah. of our training and um, informing patients because again, we can, there's so many treatment options as I mentioned before, and I know it, I sound like a broken record, but there there are um, things that can be done to make the transition an easier process and right. a healthier process for you too. A reminder, you can join the conversation and tell us your menopause story or ask a question that you have about navigating this biological change by calling us now at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, our number to join the conversation is 866-915-WBEZ. Doctor, let's talk about stigma. How do you think stigma manifests here uh, around menopause and, and how does it impact folks experiencing it? <laughs> Well, I think historically there has always been a stigma around women's health issues as a general rule. Uh, we don't, it starts early on, right? How, we don't get a lot of education. You don't hear a lot about normal uh, 
effects of puberty and menstruation and um, you know, everything's often very stigmatized um, when it comes to our reproductive lives and things surrounding periods in general. So it starts very early on. And then um, I think there's also, this is on the flip side of, of our um, reproductive lives too, right? So I mentioned that's kind of the completion of the ability potentially to uh, have children. And so sometimes people may be hesitant to talk about that because they don't know necessarily how an individual might feel. Again, I said, you know, some people are elated. <laughs> Most people just take it as kind of a natural part of their life experience, but there there can sometimes be some sadness around that, particularly for patients who may be, or individuals who maybe wanted to um, have a family that weren't able to. So um, th- those, you know, yeah. are definitely things that inhibit sometimes um, conversations about it. And then just as uh, women age, and, you know, we hear about this a lot more in uh, social media and kind of maybe not in the medical world as much, but I see there's a lot of overlap what I hear about in other um, thing, aspects of our life, right? Our relationships, our careers, oftentimes that association with aging, mm-hmm. with some of these symptoms, how they can sometimes impact our relationships and our careers. Also, it becomes kind of stigmatizing. You don't necessarily want to talk to your colleague in the hallway about your symptoms because you know if your boss overhears that you're having challenges with short-term memory what does that mean for your um, career so it kind of inhibits people from wanting to talk about it as well yeah so i mean can we be supportive of the menopausal people in our families and our communities and at work how do we do that? What do you suggest? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of these are structural and, you know, systemic changes that I'm talking about, but just on a one-to-one, I think, uh, you know, having these conversations like we are today yeah. and, um, and again, getting our, our medical workforce more comfortable with having those conversations because any, anybody should be able to turn to their family doctor or um, OB-GYNE or really any of their docs and say, and, you know, internist and say, um, I'm having these symptoms and can you help me? Or can you at least direct, uh, push me in the right direction right, right. and not be countered with, you know, it's normal, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that it's, you know, it's not life-threatening, so you don't worry about it and you don't need to treat those symptoms. They'll go away in, in, in a little bit, yeah. you know? So yeah. I think it's also uh, really has to start from um, the top down from right. us, yeah. but, as, but as families, yes, as family members, as friends, as, uh, uh, you know, colleagues, I think all of us having that understanding and, and recognition that uh, these can be uh, challenging years and to mm-hmm. be as supportive as possible. And also for those of your, you know, people, you know, who might not have the resources to right. get right. them, help them get, find the resources, help them get to the, the information. Let's jump to the phones. Dr. Julia has been waiting. She's calling from Lakeview. Hey, Julia, welcome. Hi. Hi. What's your question? Uh, so I was, I had a child in my 40s and I'm definitely in menopause now in my 50s and I've just noticed that there's been a lot of um, lack of knowledge 
for me personally. Like my mom didn't even know anything about menopause, even though she was a nurse and mm-hmm. you know had lots of kids and she just had a lot going on. But um, I'm finding that I'm now sort of an advisor to my friends or employees and and people are bringing up things like pain management and you know all of these symptoms. And I'm finding that I'm looking at Instagram all the time for all my advice. Uh, you know, are there, so you want some more other? resources? Yeah, thank you so much for for your call, Julia. So, I mean, Dr. Julia is, of course, uh, alluding to what we we just talked about, which was that knowledge gap, right? She says her mom, who was even a nurse, didn't have as much information to pass on to her, and now she's sort of become the person among her friends to share information. But she's getting a lot of it from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Remind us of some of the resources you mentioned last week, uh, where folks can find some good information. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, we're in the age of social media and in some ways challenges with that, but also thank goodness, because I do think it's allowing for opportunities for um, education that people are not getting in the office. Um, And there's some, you know, really wonderful podcasts and um, websites that different OB uh, obstetrician gynecologists have also um, put out on social media. But I think uh, a real solid go-to that's always going to be updating with the evidence-based care that I appreciate um, our patients also being informed of is the menopause.org site. Um, and that is put on by the Menopause Society or formerly the North American Menopause Society, which is the uh, credentialing organization for um, menopause specialists in the country. Uh, They have a very patient-friendly site which has updates on hormones. It has updates on non-hormonal options Mm -hmm. and it is kept up to date. So that's, and it also has a listing, as I mentioned, of certified practitioners in your area. So uh, people really who've gone, who one, care, and who've also gone through the diligence of training themselves to really know the, uh, you know, the risk benefit and alternatives Mm -hmm to hormones and treatment of perimenopausal and menopausal uh, medical conditions too. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm hearing, you know, comments from uh, other callers who have, who have checked in with us. Maureen from Edgewater said she talked to an OBGYN about menopause symptoms and, and when she asked about treatment, the doctor just kind of shrugged and sort of gave the impression, you know, this is just part of life. You got to accept it. Uh, and, and Maureen says that she was, you know, frustrated with the lack of support there or investment into menopause research. So I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation now. Uh, I want to jump to Heather, who's calling from Logan Square. If we can bring her in. Hey, Heather, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. You are on the air, Heather. What's your question? Hello. Hi. So I was, I, I knew nothing about fibroids until I was diagnosed with them at 39. It led to a hysterectomy. And I'm wondering how that might impact menopause moving forward. Thanks for the question, Heather. Doctor? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, If the ovaries are not removed at the time of hysterectomy, um, you may still have uh, menopause onset around the same time, sometimes uh, because of some uh, combined vasculature between the ovary 
ovaries and uterus. Uh, there may be a little bit earlier onset of menopause, but usually not by much. And um, so the the process of what you go through, the symptoms would still be very much like uh, somebody going through spontaneous or natural menopause. Um, and hormone therapy is still an, an option. And I will say it's also an option for women who have fibroids who have not had a hysterectomy as well. I want to make that clear. You don't, you don't have to have a hysterectomy with fibroids, um, but if you do or if you don't, um, hormone therapy is an option for you as long as there's not some other medical reason that you shouldn't be on it. Um, in the case of a hysterectomy, one difference is we don't have to use combined hormones. Typically when we give hormones, it's estrogen with some type of a progestogen to protect the uterus. Well, of course, if the uterus is gone, you may not need to, you, you don't need to use the progestogen. Some people may choose to use it for other reasons, um, but you, you know, it, it gives that option to just use estrogen alone. And believe it or not, we are just about out of time, doctor, but you, you mentioned hormone replacement therapy there in your uh, response uh, to mm -hmm. Heather. Uh, we've got Lisa, uh, who is also asking, uh, if you're 58 and postmenopausal, is that too late for hormone replacement therapy? Not necessarily. Nope. Uh, we would say that generally for women in their 50s or within 10 years from their last period, unless there's some other medical reason they shouldn't be on hormones, they are still considered candidates for hormones. We'll leave it there. Our thanks once again to Dr. Tracy Kurtzer, gynecologist and menopause specialist at the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause. We appreciate you for taking the time to join us, Dr. Thank you so much for having me back.